Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, all right. Here we go, Dina. Yes, let us go. Another week, another pod. It's going to be good. It's always good. It's always a little more good. A little more good. I hope so. Progressively. Are these podcasts getting progressively a little more good? Are we? How are we doing? Yes. I hope so. Indeed. Only thanks to our guests. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So grateful for all all of our lovely guests this week. You know, one of the loveliest. It's true. Katie Riddell from Kokomo. Kokomo. Kokomo, what a tasty cafe. It's so good. I just, I, I have this one great memory where a couple of years ago, I, it was like this crazy time in the world of early COVID. Like, can we, can we call it in stages? It was like the first summer of COVID, which how is that even a thing that we can say? But it is. And uh, remember, there was so, there was so much smoke too. Yes. It was like, yes. it was like, you know, we lived through that. A few summers i think it'll be unfortunately our norm but that's another conversation to have but there's so much smoke and we hadn't run for so long because it's like don't go outside don't exercise blah 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 and then we were just finally like let's just go and it was like it seemed like a cloudy day because that's like how much smoke there was still and we probably shouldn't have been running but anyway we did this like amazing beautiful run through the forest of pacific spirit park and it was just awesome and then we were both hungry after and you were like, yo, we should hit up Kokomo. And that was, I think, I think that might've been my, no, I, that was like my second time being there. I'd gone there for a smoothie once before with you, I think anyway, but we got like, we kind of went out and got some smoothies and salads and the whole thing. And it was so good. So good. And it's always like the best post run kind of just like to mouse some delicious plant-based goodness i always start thinking about what meal i want like when i'm in the last like quarter of my run or bike ride or whatever i start fantasizing about food and yeah kokomo bowls their bowls hit the spot the Mm -hmm. season and their salads the caesar salad so good with that like hemp caesar dressing delightful yeah yeah it's good i'm a big fan of their like celery broth as well just kind of satiates that uh, yes. salty, savory brothiness that I I desire in my life. And the burgers, and the bur- the burgers are good. Man. 
There you go. Yeah, some plant-based goodness. Doesn't have to be a beef burger. Give plants a chance. Hey, let's go. <laughs> yeah. But it's a great podcast today. All of the delicious food aside. Yes. Being able to chat with her was very cool. We got into manifesting your goals, mm. uh, the science of manifestation, setting goals, and how small incremental changes can accomplish big things. Um, and we got into Twitter, social media. Yeah. Business, all those things. That's right. So uh, before we uh, let it roll, I was just wondering if you had any goals that you've been uh, oh, resonating on. I'm actually so excited because this is like, I wish, I wish, this is why we need like maybe YouTube because I want people, I want to see, I want to capture Is that your, a goal? Like, reaction. Is that a goal? Maybe that's a goal. That's a goal within the goal. This Oof. is goalception. Tasty. But check this out. So I've been like swimming lately and really liking it. Yeah. Like really, it's so great. Can't say enough about swimming. It's so fun. It's a bit of a merman. Merman. Yes. Uh, but anyhow. I so, just pictured you with like your flippers on and everything like that. Shirtless. Doing, doing some laps. Of course, shirtless. <laughs> Baba Baba. Law, I, got the, I, got, I guess I got like the mer hair. Yeah, you got sort the long of. locks. Cut it a little bit. Anyway. If you want to see Dean in full merman outfit, come on down to Watermania. Watermania. Mondays. Maybe Wednesdays or Fridays. At. Sorry, I'm, hijack- <laughs> I'm hijacking your goal. No, no, no. But so I've been swimming a little bit and then uh, really liking it. And, you know, recently um, wanted to watch some like tutorials. YouTube is great resource, right? Of like how to, you know, get a better technique and be more efficient and da, da, da. And so, you know, trying to improve my time now that I've been swimming for a while and kind of getting the hang of it. And so I stumbled across these videos that are like tutorials by uh, athletes training for something called 70.3, Ooh, which our friend triathlon. Yes. And our like our pal Ryan Wilms is on the road to a 70.3, which is like a half Ironman. Yep. So I started looking and like a friend of mine just recently, there was one out at UBC, like a triathlon. Yeah. And it was just like a sprint distance. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And then I looked at the Olympic distance and I was like, that seems achievable. Like, What's the distance? Uh, I think off the top of my head, it's like a 12 or 1500 meter swim. Okay. Uh, a 40 or 50 kilometer bike ride. Okay. And like a 10K run. Oof, doable. Yeah. So I was like, I wouldn't do like maybe super well, but I I feel like tomorrow I could do that. Like I could put those three things together. I'd be exhausted at the end, I'm sure. But I could do all three of those things back to back and like do all right. You might even do great, Dean. I might, but I would not say that about myself. I'd say I would do all right. So then from the Olympic, the next distance is like the half or the 70.3, which is a little bit more, you know, it's just shy of, Two kilometers swim, yep. open water, usually. Then you've got uh, a 90K bike ride and a half marathon. And like that, you know, I may be able to do those three things back to back to back tomorrow, I but I would be a wreck like at the finish line because those are all three like pretty significant things. But I was like, maybe that's the goal. I like it. So, I like it. Okay, I'm going to support. Maybe I'll join you. Definitely going to support the road to seventy point three. The road to seventy point three. Part two. Oof. So we'll see. I feel like that's kind of. I'm really interested in doing that. I love it. Yeah. That's exciting. It's like a new challenge. What about you? You're always living in the future. The future. The future is friendly. I hope. Um, future. I'm in so many goals. I am always thinking about goals, and there's like, I always have like ten variations of the future in my head that I'm planning. Uh, for fitness, I've, I've never run a marathon. Mm-hmm. So 
in my head, I'm like my the remaining years of my my 30s are kind of like to like maintain and build a really great base for endurance sports. Um, so just like enjoying running and cycling and maybe even some swimming just for the pure enjoyment of, of moving my body and, and the, the mental state of, of flow or clarity or happiness that that brings me and, and not being competitive. I think that's my goal right now is to like mm. not be competitive in the goal of getting ready for my forties and being very competitive in my forties. <laughs> I'm going to not be competitive now so I can kill everyone later. <laughs> yeah. So just oh, like it's, I, I think having two young kids, like I don't want to like set myself or my family dynamic up to fail. So I yeah. don't want to have like movement goals that would compromise, uh, you know, my family life. So I'm thinking by the time they're both in elementary school, I want to like give her heart on some marathons. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to do all the major marathons around the world. So like between 40 and 50, like do the six big ones. Yeah. Um, just continue cycling, like do more fondos in different places. And, you know, I've got business goals beyond that. Uh, but, you know, that could be a whole podcast on its own. It's true. I like to, the, the movement ones are fun. They're fun, yeah. yeah. And it like, I, I well, for, for us, it like lights us up, those kind of things, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, my big goal. I think I've mentioned this one. Taking the boys to, I think maybe we even talk about it on this podcast. I think so, yeah. I think we do. Okay, I won't even say it. Ooh, okay. Oh, little, we'll get there. Up. We'll get there. Yeah. All right. So manifesting your goals, setting goals, and the science of manifestation with Katie Riddell. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, Woomy, who's going to hire me? Oh, woo, woo is actually one of my number one strength on Strength Finder. Wooing. We're Winning over, over others. Right We're in big trouble, Zach. As oh, long as we boy. can still run together. Katie was a runner before I was. Okay, well then, yeah. you know, you might be in trouble. But I, won't, I don't need to run with you. Do you want to start a he podcast? Because we could start a podcast like... Uh, Wait, a, just saying, so yeah. Like a lot more good. Maybe a lot more good? <laughs> yeah, totally. Even more good. I would just say it's just good. It's good. It's just good. Yeah, just good. Not even a little bit. Right. We don't deal in measurements. Just like, it's, it's absolute. It's, it's like when you're making a recipe and you're like, making it by heart and you're like it's a handful of flour you oh, just go yeah. by heart you know a yeah scant totally. cup. A scant and cup. these and these type a people are like but how much and i'm like a scant cup like come on go <laughs> yeah. for it and they're like no actually but- actually call like my business partner still makes fun of me because when he first came into google there was a recipe where it was like a pinch of <laughs> yeah. which is not how you run a successful <laughs> kitchen there is something to like consistency if you're not there to like Yes. manage the They're, pinches then yeah, yeah exactly yeah so people like, have different sized fingers yeah why yeah. is it so much more salty this time <laughs> totally it actually was salt <laughs> you only need a pinch yeah yeah all right all right so this week's podcast we're i'm here with katie riddell from from kokomo and we're competing over dean we're recruiting him for our businesses it's true i guess okay so it's a good seat for me to yeah. be in today yeah you're in the <laughs> yeah suddenly i feel less special <laughs> I thought Sorry. I was supposed to feel Sorry, like we just turned the it. VIP of the day. Oh, yeah. Okay. This okay. is about Katie today. All right. All right. We'll talk okay, about you We're back on track. You can fight over me after. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Katie Riddell podcast. <laughs> We're here to talk about Katie. So good well, to have you well, with welcome, us. Welcome to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're your co-hosts. That's right. Zach and Dean. What did you want to talk about today? <laughs> oh my god you're putting me on the spot let me pull up zach's list here okay yeah. i've got some ideas i thought we could rewind it back a little bit because uh people don't know that you and i go way back to like 2000 and 
like Five? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know before Olympics. I just do before and after Olympics. Yeah, we worked. But at, it was before Olympics. We worked at Cash's Club together in Richmond. I remember yeah. your first day, we, yeah. seeing you from across the, the aisle trying to figure out how to punch things in. I was yeah. like, oh, "Who's that new girl with that funky haircut?" <laughs> yeah, I, I've had some weird cuts in my days. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we bonded over uh, Arrested Development and, yeah. and badminton. Yeah, and we were the only two vegetarians. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those two things are the only things we talk about now, badminton so, and Arrested Development. That was the basis of our friendship for a while. We get together and play badminton and yeah. talk about Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But, like, that's a solid basis for a friendship, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what better combo? Yeah, it, right? well, yeah, exactly. And, Kate, and Katie's this, like, silent superstar at badminton. Oh, okay. yeah. Zach somehow found something on the internet, a photo of me when I was living in Singapore as a child, and badminton was a very serious sport there, yes. and I took it very seriously, and he found a team photo of me and all my teammates and I stick out like a sore thumb because I have like bright fluorescent yellow hair and no one else does and I am holding this like badminton trophy and I am like 11 years old <laughs> it's it's alarming it's iconic <laughs> it is amazing. and we're wearing our uniform our badminton uniforms yeah. slash school uniform yeah I used to play like competitively in Singapore and Every Saturday in Singapore, you had to go to school on Saturday. Okay. Um, and you, but you would spend like a few of those hours like practicing on a team. So my team was badminton. Wow. Well, should we hang out there for a bit? Like how that's, did how did you get to Singapore? Yeah. I guess, yeah. What was I that guess that's like? where my story starts. Yeah, let's start in Singapore. Um. Yeah. One day, my dad came into the living room and said, "They're hiring school teachers in Singapore. Should we go?" And my mom goes, yeah. No <laughs> so, way. And this is when things were literally listed in the classifieds. And so he responded probably via snail mail back then. Yeah. It was right when the internet was kind of beginning. And um, yeah, we honestly, we moved to Singapore. I have no idea how many months later, but yeah, we moved to Singapore. That's crazy. And you were like 10, around 10 years Yeah, ago? I was in grade. I moved there and like beginning of grade six. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, you know, most people go to an international school there, but my parents were like, why would we send you to a Canadian school? We're in Singapore and we live next door to one of the most, like education is very important there. Right. So yeah. you don't go to a school based on like your geographical location. You go based on how well you do in school. So right. everything is streamed from kindergarten till year 12. So you're always in a stream. Um, you basically always know where you rank against everyone else in the country at all times wow. from a very young age. Um, but we did live next door to the best primary school. And so my parents were like, why would you not go there? So they sent us there. And yeah. Was it English speaking or Mandarin? or Every, The national language is English because they actually have a pretty even mix of um, really three different um, languages and cultures and backgrounds. So it's made up of um, Chinese yeah. people, Malaysian people, and then Indian people. And then there's like 2% of expats, which is where we fell under. Okay. But like I said, most of them didn't go to public school there. And so again, I was the only blonde kid, even my brother and sister had brown hair. So literally there was 3000 kids in our school and I was this little blonde thing. And I, it, was, it was honestly one of the most, you know, people talk about how you kind of have these like defining moments in your life, these kind of peaks that really, you know, stand out as things that created who you are today. Mm -hmm. And I'd say like 
that experience was so big and it's really important to me that I do that for my family as well but yeah on day one everyone came up and they wanted to touch my hair and they wanted to be my friend and they asked me straight up will you be my friend and I think that was really important for me um as an experience because when I came back to Canada and you know I, I remember we had this girl from Hong Kong who had just moved to Canada to Vancouver and she was in my class and no one asked her if they would be her friend right um and so you know that was I think really important for me to just be aware of what that feeling's like to be in a new culture and a new language and yeah just and look different than everyone Mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah it was quite an experience that is yeah that would be and and like you say yeah that the reality is usually flipped. Like you're the yeah. new person coming in and people are like, oh, they're not sure. Like maybe the yeah. teacher or someone's like, hey, like so-and-so, go ask the new person to sit with you. But not. it wasn't like that. Like they were so welcoming and so yeah. kind and just, yeah, it was unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. And then they got like sick of me and they're like, she doesn't speak our language or eat her food or yeah. she's not fasting during a certain part of time. So that was interesting too because uh, I okay. really, I didn't fit in and I had to like figure out how to assimilate and, yeah, eventually, yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting experience. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I'm so grateful for it. And, and how, it honestly is like why I am who I am and why yeah. I do a lot of things I do. So how long How long were you there? Uh, just like three years. Okay, but yeah. still long. Like that's a Yeah, three, pretty fundamental times. Years. Yeah, totally. Like kind of when you're becoming like a teenager and yeah. you feel like an adult. Yeah. Yeah, and then I actually went to an Australia. I got so homesick. And so on the last year, my parents were like, okay, we'll send you to Australian school. We're still not going to send you a Canadian school. Um, So that was cool. That kind of created this other corner of the globe that felt like home. So Mm. kind of this Australian side to me, which we'll probably get into. Um, But yeah. And then I learned so much about the Australian culture. I eventually ended up moving there at some point in my life. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. You get this like global experience. Yeah. And then the internet like happened and the internet was like another peak in my life and it finally brought all my corners into one because I felt so torn and I was never I always felt homesick no matter what from that day we moved to Singapore I was homesick for Canada or homesick for Australia or homesick for eventually when we left Singapore I was so homesick for Singapore I begged my parents to move back there wow and so yeah finally the internet like ICQ and Amazon and all that it started like bringing everything together and then when my like digital cameras happened I could like show real-time photos of people and MySpace was so big in my life because I just got to like put everyone together mm-hmm. um yeah that's so cool okay I've got a few questions there and then we can go to Australia or somewhere yeah, else in the world. totally yeah. just travel we'll, we'll yeah, do the Carmen San Diego I love episode. it we got yeah. all our passports ready inside joke from pre-pod in, yeah, wish you were there pre-pod. wish you guys were there yeah, wish we were recording <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, so you mentioned that there was a lot of ranking systems, so you knew where you were at. Yes. So where did you rank in badminton? I have no idea. Like, mm-hmm. I would assume really good. You're pretty good. You had you the trophies. Here's the thing. I am the least athletic human being you will ever meet, anyone will ever meet. But for some reason, when it comes to tennis and badminton, those, those two click. I am pretty good. Okay, so yeah. that was just my silly question. But now, now that you're, you know... In your adult life, what, what do you feel like looking back, um, like were the main kind of takeaways uh, from spending some time in another culture, being the other, being the blonde mm-hmm. in a society, in a culture where there weren't, you know, blonde, blue-eyed girls running around? Um, 
what yeah what what were your kind of like main takeaways that you kind of influenced how you've lived your life to today yeah I think the biggest one was like especially you know I grew up in Ladner it's very small you know everyone and so when you're in the small town you can just think that this is how everyone does things the same you can just think that even in Vancouver like we're a very small town here right it's like everyone wears the same clothes and kind of do things the same and you think things the same and I think right away I realized oh there's so much more happening and this is just like one piece of the pie and there's many ways to do things and many ways to look and many ways to think so that was probably the biggest one and it just put some perspective on things so if I was having a weird day in high school I was like cool like this is just high school this is just delta secondary for an hour you know and like there's so much happening in this world and and I can't wait to, I, w- I felt like through high school, I just was waiting for high school to finish so that I could get back out there and continue to do what I felt like got put on hold, which was like just learning about other cultures. Um, so yeah, that, and then, yeah, just the feeling of being a minority at looking like I'm not a minority by any means, but I had that feeling of being an outsider and mm-hmm. not being like anyone else. And I will... Like, I'll never forget that. And I think it was really important. And it gives me so much perspective as I continue through my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe helps you see other people in in a different way. Because you've kind of, you can have empathy in that. Like, I know what it feels like to. Yeah. Based on purely the way I look. Like, as a, you know, 11-year-old, people, older people wouldn't sit next to me on the bus. Things like that just because I was white. So, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I learned that at a really young age. That's cool. And then where does Australia come into the, the story of Katie Riddell? Yeah, I mean, really it starts with my dad. Somehow he has a passport. We've never really asked all the questions, but my dad... He's an outlaw or something like that. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Things are wild back then. Isn't, you got Australian blood too, right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I don't even think I have blood. I just have a passport, but... Yeah, well, yeah, so or mine is far less official, but they... Uh, my on my dad's side, the family came and settled up in uh, Vancouver Island. Okay, but they came. They have the records of them coming from California via Australia. Cool. So I was like, oh, okay, and then like that that heritage is all like Scottish. Cool. And so we know where like people from <laughs> from the United Kingdom were sent when they were naughty. Oh, there you go. So I was like, cool, descendant of criminals. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh yeah. Yeah, and then the other kind of like cool. Not that it's. I mean, I keep trying to make it all about me today. Okay. I'll make it about me real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, there, there's like that famous story, the mutiny on the bounty. There's like that boat. It's even in like a Beastie Boys song or something. Mutiny on okay. the bounty. Anyway, it's I'm like this gonna, historical like pop culture song or down. history. Yeah. It's a mutiny yeah. on the bounty and it's all about. Okay. But they, uh, cool. so it's, it, <laughs> it sounds like Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in a song. Sure. Yeah. But so that was the boat that they came on. Like they weren't the ones to mutiny, but they were on that ship. Oh. Which is kind of like just a nerdy... Wait, how did you learn that they were just on the ship? Through like the historical records cool. or whatever kept for when people arrived at like Victoria or whatever port. I can't remember which, yeah. which port they came to. But yeah, then they settled on the island and then moved over here. Oh, that's so cool. So there is. I've never been or anything, but there. I feel like there's some sort of life that's connected to, to Australia. So Oh, I love I love that. That's pretty cool. Plus, I love the sun, so I'm like, that's gotta, that's gotta count for something. Yeah, I feel like you've got like Australian vibes, right? Actually, yeah, you, yeah, you kind of look Australian. There you go. Good yeah. eye. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 was doing you Scottish accents on our last. Oh podcast. Yeah. yeah, you have to call me Katie from now on Katie. in the in the oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad at accents. So actually, when I say Katie in Australia, they think I'm saying Kitty, and so I actually have to say my name That's in their so accent, funny. even though I speak pure Canadian. Then I stop with my name because right. I'm like, I'm not Kitty. Yes. Okay, so what's your Australia story? Where does that come Yeah, so the... I went to Australian school and then... And this was after Singapore? You it was went to in school. Singapore. Okay. I, at the very end, I went to an international school that was, you had to have Australian connection. Okay. So I did that and we were in Singapore, we were so close to Australia. So my parents wanted to take advantage of being in this other part of the world and just being able to travel all the time. So we went to Australia and Indonesia and Malaysia and everything. So, um, yeah, there's this other part. And my dad was a teacher also there in his 20s. And he was only like literally 20 and his students were 17. So he actually was really good friends with them. Um, and so those are like my family or his best friends. And those people are just, yeah, people that I've always had in my life. So yeah. I feel like I have family in Australia. So, after I graduated high school, like I said, I was like waiting to travel. My parents just said, here's a ticket to Australia. Just get this over with. You need to go back there. <laughs> and yeah, and then I lived there for a little while. And then I eventually came home. But okay. the, the goal, which yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about more into- of, um, the goal is to eventually, not eventually, actually, in the next five years here to live in Australia for a portion of time with my family. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I have to come visit you with Dean. So yeah. yeah you'll have somewhere to stay. At yeah. family. Well, there's yeah. lots of, yeah, that's right. I, I yeah. I, we'll I just like go I to the prison systems and look up Morris. <laughs> just, just yeah. The yeah. We record. should do a little research. Right. I know. I should. The theme song will be that Beastie Boys. Song. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. You'll put that in the background of like the YouTube. <laughs> that's right. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Singapore, Australia, yeah. back in Vancouver. And at a young age, you got into like marketing, brand, yes, um, kind of business development. You taught us at Juicetruck how to tweet. Oh, yeah. You guys, they needed help. I actually don't know if Juicetruck would be here if it wasn't for <laughs> a few key lessons. Yep. Um, you but, can share those if you want. <laughs> well, Zach thought Twitter was just like a list system. And so I went on Twitter one day and no one was on there. So it was okay. It yeah. was the Wild West back then. But Zach would just like write lists. Which is basically what he does now. He yeah, like really when changed. we hang out, he's like, "These are my favorite books right now. This is my favorite <laughs> podcast." So, but he thought Twitter was a great format to share it in. And I went on their Twitter, and it was just like literally lists of books and lists of like I don't need movies and yeah. like brands and things. And, and I just I, retweet everything that came on the feed. Yeah, I I eventually like called him up. I was like, "Hey, let's talk about what you're talking about on Twitter. Like, this is no so clue. strange." Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. <laughs> Wild. Um, anyways, like, we my, sorted my that out. My favorite movie is. My favorite book is. It was yeah. so crazy. Like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> but like, luckily, under the like, G-struck handle. Yes. Yeah, but it wasn't. So I don't think you wrote my favorite. I think you just wrote the list. <laughs> <laughs> I should scroll back to like 2010. Well, we've, yes, yeah, we've gone back into Instagram and looked at what we used yeah. to. We used to just post photos of like each other, like yeah. me personally and and the juice truck. They would post photos just pictures, of pictures of Katie me visiting the truck, yeah. and that was our, I would post photos of me visiting the truck, and that was that our was, marketing scheme. Like yeah. I remember, but I remember when Instagram was like before it was a photo sharing app. Yes, and it and was, it was just like, like a filter app. 
Well, like, it was like about art, like creating yeah. like photos. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember like it was, you know, you get the update. So you click yes and update. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, just because you don't read it and you just click through. It was obviously like connect contacts or whatever. And then I yeah. started getting these notifications that like friends of mine had like liked a photo. And I was like, wait. How can they see that? Like, I don't understand because yeah. it went from like a oh, closed wow. you, app. Hopefully. <laughs> to like, yeah. But I think that's how I got the, like, I got the OG like Diener handle is because I just like oh, had yeah. it from before it became a social app. Yeah. Well, old like school, I remember. School. Yeah. It never was like a status update. No. Showing people what you're up to, showing people your life. Twitter and Facebook were more like daily, minute by minute things. And Instagram yeah. was like, if you saw this like, beautiful sunset or like a cool wall or something you would post, post it, it there, and it yeah. was like more artistic and if you listen to the story of instagram the, the founders were all about like and they still want to really keep it as a part of their brand is like about art yeah and photo first yeah obviously now it's like more like influencer is everything yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden they could make money and they're like well yeah yeah <laughs> and you can't blame them i know it's so different now but yeah, I mean, I could talk about the internet forever. The evolution, yeah. the evolution of the social media, though. But it is, I mean, it it factors into how we're like showing up in the world, like obviously in the metaverse, mm-hmm. but also like how we actually are making decisions about business and things we choose to buy or participate in or yeah. get informed about, even in the midst of the kind of yeah. crazy world we find ourselves in. People are getting yeah. tons of information and even misinformation yeah. off of these apps that were intended as like write a list about your favorite books. Yeah, and well, like, they were never intended for yeah. that, but hey. I can do that if you guys yeah. want a list. Yeah. Um, I yeah, got you. I actually, speaking of that, I think one of the pros of the internet or, or, you know, social media is that as a small business owner or even not even a small business owner, just like a dreamer, is you can literally create this really impressive looking business on the internet. And I think it's given business, small business owners like so much um, empowerment to just like create whatever they want to create and you can just look like this beautiful incredible brand and really you're like sitting in your pajamas like in the corner of your house and you're still trying to figure it out but yeah. I do think it's really cool how it's allowed people to have this beautiful storefront essentially and yeah created a lot of creativity with people yeah well I think that's, let's get into that like yeah. I, really, okay. I really want to get into like the goals and yeah. manifest manifestation um I'm, I really admire the those two things that you you uh, kind of lead community in and uh, maybe in doing so like we can talk about how Kokomo started uh, because really you started it a long time before it, it you know showed up as a physical mm-hmm. representation of a cafe it was something that lived in in your head and in your community for for a long time as you're manifesting it and becoming clear with the goals of what you wanted to manifest. Yeah, um, lots we, of conversations with Zach. We'd get together and you yeah. te- teach me how to tweet and we'd talk about business and talk about your goals and, and your visions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's really cool to have that timeline with somebody because you can see, like, we talked about this here and now, years later, mm-hmm. like, it's real. It happened. It wasn't, it was like this conversation became concrete, became yeah. like, a beautiful cafe that's like serving the community here in Vancouver and like, you know, really holds a, a special place. Um, but yeah, let's maybe let's get into the goal setting and, and how goal setting helped you create your business um, and how goal setting and manifestation are continuing to be like major tools in, in your life. Yeah. Um, goal setting is almost like a creative outlet for me. So when I first, 
I don't even know where to begin with this, but when I first kind of started to see how it really works for me is I remember I was working at an ad agency and I just wasn't fulfilled by my job. I, yeah, I wasn't fulfilled by my job. And it's crazy when you go to school for something and you've dreamt about it for so long and then you're there and you're like, it's just something's not aligning. And to be frank, like not nothing really in my life felt like good. And I, and I was like, okay, what do I actually want? And I remember the day and I just wrote really clearly, like, what do I want? I didn't think of it as goal setting. I just thought of it as like, okay, things need to shift. And I wrote down really simple things. Like I want to make more money. I want to live in a different apartment. I want to feel um, active, you know, just really simple, basic things in life. And then I wrote down two ways I could get there, A and B. And I wrote down like, ask for a raise or get a new job. I wrote down like, just, yeah, again, A and B. And then I remember showing it to my sister and being like, look what I wrote. And she was like, cool, mm-hmm. didn't care. I'm the older, I'm the oldest one, but my sister definitely is the oldest one. And um, <laughs> shout, so. Shout out to Jess. Yeah, shout out to Jess. She's a fave. And I then lost a piece of paper and never thought about it again. Six months later, I'm cleaning my apartment because I'm moving and I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember when all this was my reality. And here I am moving, so I'm no longer in the same apartment, which was my number one thing. I have a different job and I'm running every single day. And like, that's crazy. Cause yeah. like six months ago, that wasn't my reality and it was only a dream of mine. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. Cause I feel like I didn't even think about making these decisions. Like, I feel like I just. Now I'm here and I must have made a million and one decisions to get here, but it didn't feel big. It didn't feel life changing either. It just felt like my day to day life. Mm. And so that just kind of sat in with me. And then actually my new job was at Lululemon. And so Lululemon is really rooted in goal setting. And, you know, actually at the time when I was interviewing at Lululemon, my manager asked me, you know, what's a five year goal of yours? And I said to open my own business. And she was like, okay. I actually said, I'm going to quit Lululemon and open my own business. She's like, honey, you don't have the job yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay. Yeah. You're like, I'm manifesting. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Little do you know, interviewer. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, and then actually four and a half years later, I did quit Lululemon and open Kokomo. But at the time, I didn't know it was Kokomo. I didn't know anything. I just knew that... That's something that like I was really attracted to. And I didn't know I'd do it forever. I just knew I needed to give it a shot. And then what Zach is talking about is those next really four and a half years where I would just ask him a million and one questions and really try to figure out if it was the right fit for me and how I'd go about it. So that's kind of like how I think about my initial relationship with goal setting. And mm-hmm. then I started to create more of like a format and a template um, for how I'd continue to create this life that I wanted to lead. Yeah. So those initial changes, like they're incremental, but Mm -hmm. was there like a lot of intention there or did you kind of like write it down and think like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then like almost forgot about it. Well, I think in that instance, I thought I forgot about it, but it clearly implanted something in my head. So here's the thing. I'll just share all the facts. Your 
subconscious is actually like running your life whether you want it to or not or even if you're a control freak like me you have zero control like <laughs> your subconscious is making 90 percent of the decisions you each you make each day so that's like around 30,000 decisions that you don't even know about like that's crazy yeah so when you write something down or you say it out loud you're actually speaking and telling your subconscious like hey fyi you know i want to move to australia in five years so it's going to then have that as a part of its decision-making pro- process over these next five years and in those 30,000 decisions it makes each day. So yeah, so I think of goal setting as almost like a tool. I think of it as like a blueprint to speak to my subconscious. Huh. I love that. And that's why... That's I, how it works. That's the magic, that's I would the, say. Yeah, well, it is. It's like It's kind of like the magic, but also like just the... Like there's, I'm sure there's like some sort of science behind it where it's been studied where when you say it and think about it, it like, it becomes part of your operating system where it influences the decisions you make day in, day out, like in the minutia where you might not consciously be deciding, oh, I'll do this because one day I want to move to Australia. Yeah, 100%. You're just doing it because it seems like the right thing to do in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, but like you said, it's a million little decisions. But going back to, you know, creating intention and giving things attention, I think Deepak has a really great saying around that. I forget what it is, but um, look it up. (laughs) Um, But it's something, basically, yeah, if you're putting intention behind something and giving something attention, you're then giving it that energy. Um, So there is focus around it. and, And the more focus you have, then obviously the more you're going to be faced in that direction to continue Mm -hmm. to go day by day. I also think a big part of the magic is, yes, saying out loud to yourself, but telling someone else. Like, it was scary for me to tell Zach. I remember when I told you. I remember when I told very specific humans. And um, it was really important, though, in in my own goal process and continues to be because... I think people are nervous to tell people because they think they're going to hold them accountable and like come down on them and be like, you didn't do this. It's January 1st and you said you would do this. I don't think our friends are really, I don't, I had, I don't write anyone's goals on my calendar. I'm not like, oh my God, I need to check in on Zach and see if he ended up doing that goal. No, but I think it creates then attention in your conversations to, you know, support that person. Or maybe you hear about something for me, you know, when Zach heard, oh, there's a new space opening or this person's looking for a job, he knows to think about me and this goal that I have to open up the shop or whatever. So mm. I think it's really important to tell people because then you're just adding more energy around it and in a positive way. It kind of empowers and activates your community that yeah. has your best interest already. Yeah. Anyway, so like, I really love that, like saying it out loud, um, one allows like some sort of self-affirmation. You're like, I'm going to open a cafe or, you know, mm-hmm. you're affirming to yourself that you're taking a, a step forward towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also like, I, I, I think in, in, in saying it to others, it, it does create like um, some sort of positive trajectory. Or like a reality in it. Yes. Right? Like it becomes more real because our, our thoughts yeah. are very internal. Yeah. So you could like tell yourself that all day, but as soon as you shared it with me or with other other friends, it, it became a real thing. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, and there's another piece in that too. You know, when we're trying to go after these really big lofty goals, chances are we've never been there before. It's like uncharted territory for our subconscious and for our body. Like it's never actually made the shape of X. 
And so if we can, how do I explain it? If we can say it out loud or watch someone do it. So, you know, classic example, I saw Zach open up um, the juice truck. I saw him from, you know, years before and really watched his whole runway to that and then what it looked like to actually open it. And I saw that it was possible. We come from similar backgrounds. We both worked at Cactus Club together. Like, you know, we both love badminton. So I was like, okay, if this guy can do it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him. I've, I was going to say, I've seen him try to hold a tray. <laughs> I can do this. And so it made it really real. And it actually showed my subconscious what was possible mm-hmm. because it's so easy to tell yourself you can't that's not possible because of course you've never done it. So it actually doesn't believe it's possible. So I call that like your muse. And I think you don't have to know your muse. You can, maybe you follow them on Instagram or maybe they come into your workplace every day, or maybe it's a podcast you listen to. or It's something, it could be a character on TV. I think TV is really powerful in creating um, whatever you want to create in life. Cause you can literally watch a character do it. And again, you can um, imitate that or emulate it. So hmm. Um, yeah, Zach was amused for me and it really showed my subconscious what was possible and reaffirmed that I could one day become that as well. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. So what level of like our consciousness, Mm -hmm. apart from just like saying it out loud, Mm -hmm. can we harness to like, kind of like it, t- leverage our subconscious. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so we're saying something out loud and we're hoping that it like gets in there in order to like influence those decisions. But are there ways where you can do more? Yes. So this is all great, but I mean, your subconscious is working to protect you. So you, the, even there's a million and one other things that are coming up. So you could say it out loud and you could be like, I am so going to do this. But you're like, why am I, why does this feel so crunchy? Why does this feel really hard? And a lot of it is like limiting beliefs that are coming up or, you know, fears that you have or just your core, just core beliefs and things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of work that you still have to do to make sure that you are fully in, in alignment with that path that you want to create for yourself. And a lot of that can, you know, you can work with a coach or a therapist or even just meditating and, and journaling. You can really get to know yourself, like what's actually coming up for you. Um, but once you... Yeah, like essentially how it works is your, how do I, how do I, I just got like excited thinking about it, but essentially your subconscious is going to do all it can to protect you. So if it thinks, you know, it, it believes, it may believe that this is a big, scary world out there. So it's going to play small to protect you from those big, scary things. So you really want to play with it and nourish it and you know, give it so much love so that, and maybe it's baby steps. So maybe you do intrinsically think it's a big, scary world. So maybe you just have to take like one small step outside your comfort zone each day until you gradually work up to this new shape that you want to create. Yeah. I'm a believer in that too. Like small victories allow you to build confidence for bigger victories, you know, like, yeah. Play with your ego, work with your ego as well on that. Yeah. Build build that confidence. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, you know, even, you know, I think like, you know, set goals really small sometimes so that you can feel that accomplishment and you can like, it can give you the the confidence and the 
the know-how to set bigger goals like it could be like brush your teeth twice a day yeah people say to write down on your to-do list like make your bed because you get an instant win right away and Mm -hmm. you feel really good about it Mm -hmm. you kind of get that hit when you check off those goals you're like i did this like for for me sometimes they're running goals like i was amazed that i could run 5k then 10k then 15k then 20k and it's like all of a sudden these like goals that seemed impossible to you a year ago are like very possible well yeah you if you wrote just down 20k you would never get there yeah i I don't think like maybe you would but if you yeah do the 5k and then you do the 10k and then yeah like you said incremental then it's totally possible Mm -hmm. yeah and you're showing your body like slowly how to get there and that it's possible yeah yeah you kind of like reverse engineer so even if your goal is like okay i'm gonna do 20k or a marathon or whatever it is then like you have to you have to like break it down Mm -hmm. and running is a great example because if you're just like someone who's like okay i want to like get into this sport or fitness or whatever like you're not just going to be able to go to new balance or wherever and put on running shoes and go do it yeah like you're gonna have to set a smaller goal to be like okay like today i'm gonna like get the stuff i need yeah tomorrow i'm gonna like go for my first run and like see what i can do yeah but then you're like all of those are like the mini steps towards the actual goal yeah and some people may need to write down those mini steps and some people might just need to write down like a one-year goal of that and then they just internally you know, maybe they've created outside of their goals, like a little training program or whatever that is. But whether you are aware of it or not, you are taking those incremental steps. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Um, A big part of my goal setting process is just that. So it's working back. Um, But if you think really far out, it's great because it actually removes all those limiting beliefs. Like anything feels possible in like 10, 20 years. So removing money, removing environment, removing all that, those thoughts, Um, and just actually thinking like blue sky, like what do I want in this world? I think of my vision and I think of goal setting. Like I think of like writing a, like a Santa's wish list as a child. Like what, like as a child, you would ask Santa for anything. Yeah. Like you, anything you want in this world, you could ask for. And so I think of it like that. And I'm just like, I just throw on the most random things ever, like crazy things that I don't, I'm like, really? Like. Yeah. So do you get super detailed when you're when you're going macro when you were ten years out? Or are you no. just like kind of putting like you can. The, the big goals like I'm such a broad person, so I don't know the super details and I'm not really married to the super details. Okay. I'm married to more like how I wanna feel and maybe like what my environment looks like and who I'm with, um, and how I spend my day, but it's not like I want X car and X color or right. even what city I wanna live in. I just know like you know, I want to be near the water. I want to feel warm most of the time. I, you know, all those things. So for me, I'm more like attached to the broader feeling. I love that. Yeah, I like that too. Because 10 years, like anything's possible in 10 years. Yeah. You know, you could say, I want to be the president of the United States. I want to be yeah, and you know, some, the king of the castle or whatever, you know, like. Well, it was really cool. I did this exercise with my team at Kokomo. Yeah. And yeah, one person wants to be a prime minister. One wants to win an Oscar. Like it's pretty cool what we believe is possible and what we're all out there to achieve. Because if you put us back 10 years ago, like we were, you know, working at Cactus Club or whatever, you never yeah. imagined we had, uh, you know, businesses or families or any of these things. Like it, all those, all of that seemed impossible so 10 true. years ago. so true. I actually yeah. love that. I've never actually thought 10 years back, which is crazy. Right. <laughs> Just always in the future. Yeah. But no, that's such a good call. 
Yeah, I love that. And That's I, kind of blown my mind a little bit. Yeah. And I think that like if you ask most people, hey, like take stock today. Are you where you thought you would be mm-hmm. exactly 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. And like for sure, some things would be say, oh, yeah, like this. I had this and I had these goals. Yeah. Right. But like most of us would probably be like, oh, man, like not. No, like I, these things lined up, but like the the person that I was hoping to be like 10 years ago, here's where I like achieved what I want to achieve. But here are the surprises that happened like along the way. Yeah. You know, as, the, and the that like pivoted you, but in a really good way. Yeah. Like you didn't know you wanted that or that you were into that. Or, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that introduces something that's like really important is that like shit happens. Yeah. Right. And like you well, can you can yeah. have this trajectory and this path and be the most committed, dedicated person but then like a pandemic happens yeah. and kind of like derails everything for almost two years. Yeah. This comes up a lot. And I think it's the number one thing, number one question I get asked, like, okay, but what do you do? Yeah. When a pandemic hits or what if, you know, something happens mm-hmm. and I think it's just comes down to your perspective and your point of view. And for me, it's, I think really important to practice like a abundant perspective or like an opportunist perspective so even with covid trust me like zach got some real dark calls from me for a few (laughs) days there a few weeks probably uh but really i mean i would say i've probably been the most excited business owner in the last two years than you've probably ever seen me like it feels like a whole new business and it's so exciting and there's just things are changing especially in the beginning so much was changing and yeah it was just it was totally new Mm -hmm. and but I think that was just my point of view and that's just how I chose to see it and feel it and not every day and not every minute. There were some really dark times in that. But I think that we have to expect some darkness in those changes because it's not all sunshine and butterflies. But if we actually are intentional about how we want to view things each day and try at least to see things from a more opportunity perspective, then I think you'll actually attract um, just a different things into your life because you're going to see them in different ways mm-hmm. so for those listening they're like okay goals seem mm-hmm. seem to work for Katie at Kokomo yeah. what are like some practical steps to starting like if someone's sitting yeah. down they've got a notepad yeah um like how do how do we start I would start big like we talked about so yeah. I would start 10 years out um I would have someone like if you can or you could probably YouTube this maybe I need to create this but just think about what you want to how you want to feel in 10 years who do you want around you what do you want to be known for what's the legacy you want to create what do you want to feel proud of in 10 years and start there and if you can close your eyes and just have an exercise where someone asks you those questions and then you're probably be pretty surprised I've seen crazy emotion come up for people when they do this because they just didn't know you know that they wanted kids or that they wanted to live a certain place or that they didn't want to work in the industry that they want to work in. So some things might come up, which is really exciting, I think. And then from there, you can get granular. So from Mm -hmm. there, that's, you know, big tenure and a vision. But then from there, what are some actual tenure goals? Cool. So you saw yourself with kids. Awesome. Write that down. Um, You saw, you know, that you're in certain industry or making a certain amount of money or you're whatever, whatever that is, you're living in a certain part of the world, write that down. And that's a 10 year goal right there. If you can get specific, get specific, if you can't, don't. And just remember that 
everything can change. So it's okay. No one's holding you to this. It's just giving your subconscious a blueprint of like, hey, I kind of want to get somewhere near here, okay? And then, um, yeah, and then be excited when things change because they're not changing for the worse. The chances are you're actually attracting in the change or you're more aligned with the change. So it's a good thing when things change. And then from there, work back to five years or however you want to do it. I like to just kind of go in half and go five years and then maybe three years and then one year. And then if you want to get really specific, you can go down to the quarter and then even down to the day. So like each day I write out, I am, I will. So it's just like, how do I want to show up today? What's important to me? And I, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I love the going macro because I think you can kind of look, okay, 10 years, I want X, Y, and Z or this is what I want my life to look and feel like. And you can be like, okay, well, are the things I'm doing today going to lead me there? Mm -hmm. And if like, there's no possible way, it kind of empowers you to take action today to put you on that path, to manifest that path that will get you to that 10 year vision. Yeah. Because if you want to like be a hockey player, you got to start ice skating or something. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you just need to, get clear on what your values are. So if you want to be known, if your legacy is X, like maybe you need to do some values work, like what's Mm -hmm. important to you and how you show up in your community or for your family or for yourself each day. And it can really start less specific and more just how you want to feel. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I think that thinking about it now when I am kind of like imagining, okay, where do I want to be in like the next 10, 15, 20 years? Mm -hmm the first thing is like it comes down to the like what are the things that I value Mm -hmm. and then that informs like okay so these are the core kind of pieces of like who I am and and those those core values that make me kind of function and like what is a life rooted in those look like in 10 years Mm -hmm. so I know like some things are always going to be part of that and then how does that play out over that and I think that's like yeah and I bet you if you just think 10 years out without even being intentional about it your tenure, 10 years out is going to embody those values that you have just because that's what your brain is already thinking about. Yeah. You know? It's like built into yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. So when you talk about values, you know, mission, purpose, mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm, I'm talking with people, they're like, well, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't mm-hmm. know what my purpose is. I don't even know mm-hmm. what my values are. Mm-hmm. So what, like getting really like linear and like really practical here, if someone's unclear to, to even what their their values are, um, mm-hmm. I mean, where where can they start? Oh, man. You know what? My brother and I are actually creating a course on this. My brother is all rooted in science and the brain and psychotherapy and stuff, so he would be way better answering this question. Um, it comes so naturally to me that I don't know how to explain how to do it necessarily. Maybe you can share your experience of like how you do it for yourself. Yeah, for me, I just take note. I think I, I reflect a lot. Like I, it's like in the showers when I just like think about so much or for some reason at like 2.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. But that's when I think about the day that I just had and what felt good and what felt didn't. And I, like things that don't feel good, like scream at me. Mm-hmm. And so I take note of those as well. And I think as you, yeah, just like what feels good for you? What do, did you feel proud of? What did you feel aligned with? Um, what just like felt good in your stomach? What felt warm versus 
um, you know, when you showed up a certain way, maybe that, or someone else showed up a certain way, it didn't feel good for you. It felt alarming for your body and you maybe had a negative reaction, felt sick or whatever that felt like screaming, felt like running away and leaving the room. And so you can kind of start to take stock of like, what are those things that are showing up and try things on. Like each year I kind of like choose like a set of values that I really want to focus my year around. Um, and so like I'm may things may shift for me and I think it's all about like trying things on and failing and trying a new, new set on and, and yeah, some things might just stick forever. I love that trying new things on. I think, uh, yeah, we get really stuck in identity of like, mm-hmm. we yes. are this person. This is who I am. I am, mm-hmm. you know, a builder. I am a lawyer. I am a, like, we get our identity gets really stuck. Yeah. But I think it's, it's so important to try new things because we should be more fluid. And, and there's like, there's so much possibility when we're trying different things on. And there's like not that much possibility when we're really restrictive with our own identity. Yeah. Sometimes I like to remind myself that when I was in school through like one through 12, I, we learn so much every day. Like think about how much you learn every day. And then suddenly when, when you're out of school, maybe you learn a new job or something, but you don't really like, you don't like stretch yourself like that anymore. And of course, like you want a balance of, you have adult life now and you, you're learning so much in that life as well. But um, yeah, like how are we continuing to learn and stretch and fail? And yeah, yeah. I, we've, we've talked about that a lot before, like the idea of like failure mm-hmm. as actually, it's like, it's kind of like the you're getting punked into it's actually success. Totally. Because you're like, oh crap, like that didn't go the way as planned. And I always say like it, and I've had to like eat my own (laughs) advice at times because failing is hard. It doesn't feel great. Nobody likes it. No. But I'm like, the only true failure is like if you do something and it doesn't go the way it's planned and then you just repeat that process and like expect it to go differently. Yeah. I was like, so if you tried something and didn't go the way you thought, you've learned something. Yeah. And that's, immensely valuable and now you can move forward and use that failure yeah which we see is like a bad word i know but like use it as like leverage to the next thing that you're gonna achieve or do and i really like what you said about like trying trying these different things on Mm -hmm. and allowing our failures to like shape us and move us further towards like where we're going in the first place you said it perfectly. <laughs> We're just your two students sitting yeah. here like no, it's no, absorbing, no. absorbing these uh, these lessons. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm such a believer in failure, maybe just because I fail all the time, so I yeah. had to start to feel good about it. But um, I think it's a big part of entrepreneurship and I a big part of Kokomo. I, we talk about it in our onboarding and I think for me, especially as like a still in startup mode, I want to fail like a million times a day Mm -hmm. just as long as that night we're taking stock of it and we're learning from all those failures and then we're implementing it implementing it the next day then to me that's like beautiful that's Mm -hmm. incredible yeah and i think when it comes to like goals and you know like those questions of like purpose like what is my purpose in life we can get so attached to it that all of a sudden if you realize like oh actually like i don't think i want to be that or i don't think that is my purpose but like i've done all this work yes. and i've wrote it on my vision board yeah. and i've tweeted about it yeah in a, in a yes. list or like put it on instagram then it's like well now i just have to be this thing because i said i would yeah and we're like and then if you fail at that one thing you're kind of lost for right everything yeah 
And so that idea of like having that goal and holding on to it, like, mm-hmm. I wonder if you can speak to it, like you, you create this goal and you have it and you speak it out and you make all these like conscious and subconscious decisions towards it. And then something changes where you no longer want that thing. Like, how do we communicate? Like, it's okay to let that go, but then pursue what's next. Yeah, I mean, we're human, so I think it is it is a part of the process. But yeah, uh, I actually think it's a big barrier to people not even wanting to go after goals or to say things out loud or to write them down or even be in this practice. It's because, yeah, they're so scared to fail. Right. I think it's, I think everyone has a different way about of going about it. For me, I think being in conversation with people, so sharing like, hey, I've actually you know, learned this and I realized that this actually doesn't work for me and I'm more attracted to this and actually didn't realize that this whole thing was available to me and that's amazing. And I think like as long as you're moving forward in your pro in your path of your goals, you're gonna see new things along the road that you didn't know because you've never been on this side of the road before mm-hmm. at this part of the road. So I think being okay to let that in like we talked about, but um for me it would be about communicating that and sharing that with people. Um, I don't know how, like, I, how would you, how would you guys feel good about shifting? Yeah. Well, okay. The language you used there made me think of one of my favorite quotes and okay. I'm going to totally butcher it. Um, I think it's Yvonne Schwinnard from Patagonia. Yeah. And the gist of it was he never takes step backwards. He turns yeah. around and takes steps forward in the opposite direction. And when I read that, I think it was in my, like, Let My People Go Surfing or one of his books. It just, like, blew my mind because I think we have this, like, linear idea of moving forward. And it's, like, only in one direction. But as soon as you kind of change that perception that forward can be in any direction. Yes. And maybe the best direction, like, isn't the one that you thought you were on, but it's turning to the left or turning behind you. I would actually say that that's a big misconception. Like goals are the least linear thing in the entire world. We're like living, breathing humans in this world. It's always changing. Nothing is static. So how could our goals be static and how could we be static if everything else is changing around us? Then we're not really doing life. Like that's a pretty weird... How how boring would it be to walk in the same direction every single day? I learned that firsthand actually when... I first, you know, said I wanted to own my own business sitting there at Lululemon and then I got this big job and I was traveling nonstop and I was working nonstop and I ended up getting super sick and we still don't really know what happened to this little head of mine, but um, I got super sick and my whole life went from like big world to this little speck in the corner of my house and all I did was go to the doctor each day. I wasn't going to, I like was sent home from work. I wasn't going to work for multiple months and on medical leave and no one knew what was going on and so in that moment I was like oh my gosh like I can't create a business and I was thinking I was only like a year away two years away from creating a business I was like I can't create a business I can't even go to work I can't even like call my mom right now in my life I just you know I'm not I'm not well and actually through that experience is when I learned how to heal myself and I actually went from being vegetarian to being vegan And I became creative through the kitchen and through like healing myself and understanding like what types of foods felt good for me and really learning about my body and realizing that, okay, I want to eat the certain way um, and realizing that there was actually a gap in our community for eating this certain way. And 
then things actually started to open up for me. And my original business plan wasn't what we know as Kokomo today, Mm -hmm. but it actually became that because of this experience that I went through that was anything but linear. So I think all these random paths that we take are actually just going to make our final destination or wherever that is like so much more um, fulfilling and like rich because we've like brought in all these little like, you know, foraged all these little ideas and experiences to create what's actually needed. Mm. So good. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's almost like having the goal is like, it's it's almost like it doesn't matter if you achieve the exact vision of like what you thought, but having it out there is the thing that like gets you moving. And that's when like, that's when the magic is going to happen is when you're pursuing something and moving towards something. Mm -hmm. But you almost go into it knowing like, oh yeah, it's probably not going to look like what I envisioned it to look like. Because how could it? Like I'm about to have like years worth of experiences. I'm not going to be the same human I was three years ago. And I'm going to meet so many different people and have so many different like I said, experiences in this world. So my output is therefore going to be different because I'm going to solve for a different thing because I know different things. Yeah, yeah. I think hearing that too, like having the goal, you know, we always talk about journey and destination and sometimes we celebrate the the journey over the destination because right. that's where, where kind of the experience is, is. But in setting the goal, you're kind of setting the destination, but you don't really know the journey um mm-hmm. necessarily and in saying it out loud you know we can go to this manifestation chapter of your life but you're kind of like inviting others to bring opportunity to you like exactly like uh you didn't know you'd have this shop in chinatown no but you said it out loud to enough people yeah. and those people you know brought it to you yeah um so like you didn't know that your journey would have that but you were pretty set in the destination to be honest what i was set in was I wanted to use this energy of mine, which you guys are feeling right now, and it's not caffeine-related. <laughs> We're caffeine-free team. We're caffeine-free yeah. team. Um, it was using this crazy amount of energy in me to actually make an effect on people's daily lives, a positive effect. And so that was the one thing I was clear on, and that came from trial and error. That came from me writing a million strategy decks and, you know, then a new CEO would come in and it would totally go to the side of the desk and I'd have to start again. So I was using all this energy and it just, I wasn't seeing how it's actually making an impact. So I learned that and I realized, okay, this is how I can actually make um, some sort of an impact on, on my community. And so I was clear on that and that's what Kokomo became. But I didn't know if I was going to be a consultant or if I was, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I just knew I needed to use this energy of mine. Yeah. And then things started to take shape and I got sick and all these things happened and it took even more shape. Okay. So a few more goal setting questions and then maybe we can move to manifestation. Okay. How often are you setting goals? Hmm. Well, I used to do it, man, I don't know. Whenever I feel, I mean, like I said in the beginning, when I feel like I need a shift, when I'm like, something's not working here. Yeah. I need to change directions or I just need to call something different in. So when something's not working and it's actually a great indicator again of like what's not working. Mm-hmm. So you can shift and you can choose maybe a different path. So that's one thing. I also, I always like to set goals when I'm on a trip because I'm just in a better headspace. I'm not like stuck with the mundane things of life and so much more is possible in my brain. So I often will write it, actually call it. It's in Evernote. I write it every year on a plane 
and I write like, hey, 2022. That's my subject line in my Evernote. And then I just brain dump like anything that I want in this world. And um, I'll write like 10 years out and I'll write like words for the year and all this random stuff. I'll write like to-do list items for whatever. Um, So yeah, I think when I'm away, that's helpful. And then, yeah, I think those are like the two biggies. And then when there's a shift. So if I'm like, Maybe I'm starting a new job or maybe I'm, you know, moving to a new community or something big is shifting in my life. I find it almost like reignites me and and allows me to, because it's a detail that adds more color to my life, I'm able to then like see more clearly like what that next few years is going to look like. Like Helps you intentionally visualize. Yeah, if you buy a house, you're like, cool, like now I can envision my life in this community or Mm -hmm. if you add... For me, if I add a new location to Kokomo, I'm like, okay, that just like adds more details because I'm more broad. Ten, I'm ten. I have the tendency to be more broad. So when I add a new detail, I'm like, okay, let's like really think about what this could look like and what do I want it to look like because mm. it's gonna look like something whether I choose it or not. So I might as well have a say in it. Mm. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really good point too. Is like, you know, that I, I'm not comfortable with the phrase like where people say, oh, like, and then life just happened. Yeah. And yeah. we're, it's like so passive. Yeah, But totally. versus say like, yeah, it's things are going to happen, but like why not yeah. stand to be in choice and like knowing that things will happen that are far outside of our control. Yeah. But like in the moments where we can have say, like let's stand up and have say in our own lives. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Be advocates for ourselves. Yeah. And for the life that you want to lead. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Because, yeah. I mean, we're so lucky that you know, we get that it'll be, we're so lucky if we get to live the next 10 years. Right. So that like, isn't when you come from that perspective, even it's like, Whoa, like, okay. Like, so I get these next 10 years, hopefully, mm-hmm. what do I want out of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. what, what do you want out of your next 10 years? What are your, Oh man. Zach. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, for me, if you go on katierodell.com, I list all my goals and everything I've oh, ever wanted. Oh, that's amazing. I yeah. love that you share that. Yeah. I think I even used to put on my LinkedIn. But um, yeah, for me, my vision is essentially to be in another country with my family. So I don't yeah. have a family yet. I don't have any of those things. Um, but yeah, to I just see myself like in this warm climate. And it doesn't have to be forever, but I'm there. Um, I can like... Yeah, feel the air. I'm with my family and I have like a really flexible life. That's like the only things that I'm married to. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay. So when we were talking about values, uh, you mentioned like listening to your intuition, like what what feels good. And I think that's a great indicator. Like we've got these like built in mechanisms that kind Mm -hmm. of like when something feels bad, like maybe like, you know, don't go there. Something feels good. Like follow that feeling. Um, and I think that kind of leads to manifestation. Mm-hmm. Could you, uh, for those that are like new to this concept, could you define what manifestation means to you? And then we can kind of explore that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, m- manifesting gets this weird rap of being like super woo like, woo and yeah. like, Ooh, I'm going to like, you know, take this genie in a bottle and like make three wishes. Uh, it can be like that, <laughs> but it's not actually 
goal setting is actually a tool in manifesting. For some reason, goal setting is like baked into like every business strategy and it's a big part of our everyday like professional world and it seems very strategic and like buttoned up, but it's actually just a tool to manifest. So manifesting is really connecting in with your subconscious and creating that blueprint and that um, pathway for yourself. And yeah, goal setting is a tool to connect with your subconscious, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's not about creating nothing, something out of nothing. It's really actually so much more about, and this sounds limiting, but it's not. But it really is about using what's already available to you and calling in what you actually want in that makes sense so I remember like when I was starting the business there was that big book uh like the secret everyone was reading the secret yeah I don't and it was kind of like you said woo woo yeah and it was like people were like you just have to put the idea out there you have to put the intention out there mm-hmm. you have to believe it and and then it comes true but it, manifestation is truly much more than that like you put the intention out mm-hmm. but it kind of sets path for action and then that action Leads to yeah, possibility it's actually way. less about external factors. Yeah. It's less about putting it out there, and it's actually just more about putting it in there. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I've never read. I'm I'm so bad. At I haven't I haven't read that book. I either, don't but know I, like how people talk about things or what like other people are saying. So I have no idea. Um, I just like know what is in my brain, and then my brother. I'll call my brother and be like, "Oh, this is like how I'm. This is what happened for me." And he's like, "Yeah, this is what happened in your brain. This is what happened." And it's actually so much more scientific and so much more rooted in like neuroscience mm-hmm. than we give it credit for. Um, but yeah, it's all about your subconscious. That's so cool. Yeah, I think the tendency is that people believe like I can just that that thing. Like if I say it, like name it and claim it. Like I'll just mm-hmm. put it out there, and then I won't have. To, I'll just like wait for it to happen. And again, it's like that passive act, like non-action. Yeah. Like I want this thing, and so I'll just like, yeah, hope for it, and yeah. then it'll like and it'll happen because I'm like manifest. I'm manifesting it. I'm gonna yeah. be like rich one day, but then there's like not any action steps taken intentionally and like yeah. obviously our subconscious can play a role in that you because you but you actually have to believe it yeah so mm-hmm. what do you believe you deserve in this world is probably the most important question you can ask yourself mm. because that's what you will call in and attract into your life can i share something that i learned this year yeah that was please. like a big shift for me and i yeah. think it's part of manifestation mm-hmm. I never really understood, and Dean and I have talked about this a lot, but I never really like understood to a core level what embodiment went, meant. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like saying a lot of things that I wanted, but I, my body was not embodying those those same things that I was like hypothetically putting out there. Like, I want abundance, but then my actions would be like a scarcity. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't an alignment with like what I was saying and what I was doing. Yeah. Even though I like believed it in theory, I wasn't like enacting living it, like and breathing it. living and breathing it and mm-hmm. like embodying it to like those actions. Mm-hmm. And I had this like epiphany um, about embodiment and it just like shifted what was possible for me. And I was like, damn, I haven't been aligned with my actions and my thoughts and that's where I was having blockages and I couldn't figure it out like okay so how do you like what's a practice or how do you now embody what you want to embody 
I, I think the first step was like self-awareness of mm-hmm. like connecting intention, thought and action. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I'm just going to use this one because it's a, like a simple example. And Dean and I have talked about this, so I might bore Dean, but like, let's, let's use, um, let's use money for an example. Cause mm-hmm. that's a big one for lots of people. Um, so using my family as an example, like my dad was like the second generation or third generation in his family to like basically go bankrupt. So I wanted to have abundance and, and financial possibility. Mm-hmm. But I think I was like more living the scarcity mindset that I'd inherited from my yeah. dad and his grandfather and his grandfather of like, like it was more avoiding failure than succeeding. Mm-hmm. And it took me some time to realize that, that my actions were more um, trying to avoid that than you were succeed yeah. in that. Yeah. So it's like you can't win if you're just trying not to fail. Mm. Yeah. And like I'm, I'm kind of like just rambling as I'm trying to put these thoughts to... No, it's great. To, to make them coherent. But yeah, I had this like realization when I was in the shower, like just like thoughts happen in the shower. Yeah. And uh, I was like, damn, like I've been approaching this wrong the whole time. And I think manifestation and embodiment can have kind of like a crossover yeah, in that so sense. I talked about it earlier, but I do this practice of I am, I will. So in the morning, I'll just write like I am grateful. Or let's use your example. I am abundant. It could be just, I will flow through my day or I will be confident or whatever you want to say your I will for the day. But the I am um, is really important in the embodiment, I think, where I then just like turn on a timer for three minutes, honestly, or you could do hours, whatever you want to do, but we start small Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I haven't seemed to work my way up from small. And I will just like feel what it feels like in my cells and in my bones and in every little part of my body to feel abundant or to Mm -hmm. feel grateful or whatever to feel creative whatever it is I want to feel and embody today and I actually just again try it on Mm -hmm. and think about like how does it feel like in my nails and in my skin and in my blood when I'm this way and again going back to your subconscious I think it then it's no longer unchartered and it shows your body this is what it feels like so it can continue to try to return back to this place so you know, when you're going throughout your day, it remembers like, oh yeah, that's what it felt like to feel abundant. Mm -hmm. And how do I get back there? So that's something that's just like an easy three minute thing that I do each day to try to connect in with how I want to show up that day. I love that. Yeah. That ties into something I was wondering about as well. So this, you know, it's it's manifesting, goal setting, all of this, and you've kind of alluded to it in some of the, the things you've talked about already, but maybe more specific, like I'm a very visual person. Mm -hmm. And so like, what role would you say does like imaging or imagining or like painting a picture of your life, your future life play when it comes to like manifesting it? So however like detailed you can make it, knowing that obviously some of those details may change or whatever, but do you, is there, are you aware of like the, the power of like seeing where you'll be and what that looks like down the line. I actually think that again goes back to like Muse work. So to be able to see someone already 
embodying what you want to create in your life can show yourself visually Mm. that's possible and then you can try to create that for your own life but i think it's just like it's literally proof that it exists and that it's not crazy right so it could like i love watching succession because i'm like cool like people have money like that like i i I didn't grow up with money like that at all um so like i didn't even know people did grow up with money like that so it's very interesting for me and i'm like okay just so you know that's possible or watching the kardashians or following whoever you want to follow on instagram or having a friend like zach you know was really instrumental in showing myself and to prove to myself that it was possible. So I think that is helpful if you're visual. Mm-hmm. And then doing that vision setting practice and just getting, like creating that picture, it could just be envisioning what a day in the life of your life 10 years out looks like or a day in your life of five years out or whatever that works for you. Yeah. Um, and then I love like pulling together imagery that I just feel connected to. I think that's just like a creative part of me. I love um yeah just like creating this life I want and like creating what it would look like and then it's something like when I think about my vision I think about this one photo that I have on my Pinterest and it's like to, and when I was building Kokomo I'll, I'll show it to you guys there was a photo that I like put on every goal setting worksheet I ever did and it was this girl holding that she had blonde hair she looked like me she was holding an acai bowl out and I would and like literally I created that for myself and I probably have held out a thousand cyborgs since then. Yeah. Um, but I really connected in with that one single photo. And again, it was someone doing it and probably just a model, but I believed it to be possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very cool. So we, with the goal setting, we talked about some of like the practical steps. If, if you're wanting to manifest something, you mentioned the I am, I will. Do you have a, other practical steps to bringing manifestation into a daily practice? Like, is it Pinteresting, mood boarding, meditating, or is it just like regular self-affirmations or, or what does that look like for you on a, a regular practice? Yeah, I think like another version is when I'm running, like so when I'm about to open a new location or just something feels like scary and out of my comfort zone for me and like there's a lot of risk involved, you know, I can, for some reason, again, at two o'clock in the morning, it's like who do you think you are? Why would you do, why can you do this? Like, yeah, who do you think you are? Like, you don't know anyone who's done this. Why can you do it? And so, you know, when I'm running or like I'm in spin class or whatever, like each breath is literally like the thought of like, it's literally the mantra. Like I am capable, like I am capable was my, I am will for years, which is so pathetic. It's literally, I am capable, but it got me through and it started, I started to believe I was capable. And so for me, yeah, when I'm like breathing, but going for a run or whatever, I will just say that one thing um, to myself and really start to believe it. Um, I think, I, I feel like I keep saying the same things, but it's all really concise in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, writing things down and writing down what you want and crossing it out a hundred times in a year. That's totally fine. Like I'm like, Oh my God, I need to go change all my goals on katierodell.com right now. Cause <laughs> they've all probably changed in the last few months. Um, but yeah, writing it down, everything we've talked about today. That's cool. Dean and I have this kind of insider joke. Uh, we call it like our runs of manifestation mm. and we go, we, we talk about it all the time, but we run together. And when we go for these runs, we have these like organic meandering conversations where without 
you know, it started without intention and then we started to bring intention to it. We'd start to like talk about what we wanted out of our lives and what we wanted to create together or separately or, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we've been running together for a couple of years now. Some of these things started to happen. Mm-hmm. It started to come true. And then I think that's where we started to bring the intention to it because we're like, shit, the stuff we're talking about is coming to reality. Yeah, it works. And now, and now we're like... We've got to be intentional about what we're intentional about <laughs> yeah, or yeah, else we're yeah. going <laughs> to... It's yeah. like that. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now we're like... now. Exactly what you're saying. We need to like when we go for these runs, we're like, what do we want? To, we we joke, but we're kind of serious. We're like, what do we want to manifest on this run? Yeah, isn't and we so just exciting? like talk about these super lofty things. And the beautiful thing with running is like, conversation ebbs and flows. It'll stop here, and then somehow it'll come back up. Um, but also, it kind of like moves through you too, yes. which is really cool. Getting back to the embodiment kind of part. Yeah, and um, it's really connected, like manifesting and goals together. Because, like I mentioned, some of these things, like when we started the podcast, we were like, our 10-year goal is to have a podcast with Rich Roll. And it happened in the first six months. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, shit. Like, and Rich said this to us because yeah. we told him, we shared this story. And he's like, you got to set the bar higher. Yeah. And we're like, we got to set the bar higher. Yeah, yeah the but same thing the... happen- has happened to me. Like I said, like, five-year goal of like being on the front of like a magazine or yeah. Vancouver Sun or something. And it happened within two months of opening Kokomo. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And you're kind of like, what? Yeah. I got to revisit like the goal board. Yeah. 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 So it is like incredibly empowering and exciting. And now when we go for runs, we bring like such intention and we just like put out these lofty goals and we talk about it Mm -hmm. until we almost get to the point where we have to take action because we've been talking about it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. That gets me so excited. Yeah. But even the language has changed where we would be like, at first it was kind of like, we'd be like, oh man, it would be so cool if one day. A lot of ifs, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And now we're like, okay, so like when, and there's a lot to unpack there in terms of like, we are both like yes. able-bodied, cisgender, white men with a whole yeah. like bucket load of privilege. And so, that. yeah. And so like that, obviously we have like a, a huge jump in our starting point on like yes. things we can achieve so notwithstanding that but like just to to live in that possibility of like not if but when mm-hmm. and allowing not arrogance but confidence to kind of proceed and say let's just like live as though this will happen yeah and the thing is yeah you're not you're you are putting a lot of attention behind it and you are still putting work behind it and you're not expecting that you're going to wake up tomorrow and have it like all at your doorstep right? right yeah so i think and again it's about you know it's all relative and it's about not creating something out of nothing and and looking at like what do you have in your life and how do you create what you want from that you mm-hmm. know yeah and as you're doing the things as you're doing the work of like not just saying the thing but then starting to live with intention and purpose behind it like those things that move you towards that end game like they they light you up like it's so good when you know you're doing something that's like moving you down yeah and if they don't light you up then you're gonna go in a different direction and you may not even realize you're going in the different direction you're just like ew I don't want to go in that room because I didn't like the feeling in there okay I'm gonna Mm. go in this room yeah and then suddenly yeah things have changed but you like it better over here anyways and you've now learned a whole other life that you want for yourself yeah that's better okay one thing on on this like okay (laughs) when we're putting these ideas out there and just kind of playing ping pong 
with these concepts and, and goals and stuff. Badminton, yeah, yeah badminton. badminton with ideas, just, you know, yeah. hitting the old birdie back and forth. Um, I start to notice coincidences showing up that align with these goals. Do you notice that? Yeah, 100%. And like you, all the time. My brother and I talk about it, but it's, well, keep going and I'll explain why. Well, it's, yeah, I was going to ask you if you can kind of like break it down. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about these things and then we'll just start, like these people will start showing up mm-hmm. or these opportunities will start showing up. And then because I had that intention with the conversation, I'm like, oh, wow, like this just showed up and we just talked about it. I need to open that door and explore it because mm-hmm. I think there's like. It's because you're, you've created so much energy around it. So like you said, you're very aware of it and you're perspective is of a place of looking for opportunities right Mm -hmm. so your subconscious is like wait hold on ding 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 like we talked about this you're into this like look this person's talking about it this might be a great avenue for you so there's like so much happening inside that that brain to make you even aware because yeah any other day if maybe you hadn't had that conversation with dean the week before you may not that same person may have said the same thing to you but you maybe there was no alarms in your head it would have just gone past you people always say my brother and i are like so lucky like they're like oh you're so lucky but we're like, no, we just like look for these things that yeah. will help us create mm-hmm. what we want to create, you know? So what, yeah, what does coincidence mean to you when you're bringing intention to it? Are they opportunities or possibilities? Like when you're, when you're seeing it with a different, different yeah, lens? Yeah, it's, it's opportunity and, and it's possibility. Um, but I think that they're happening, they're happening no matter what. All the time. Yeah, yes. they're happening all the time. You're just more open to receiving them and more open to going after them. But if you had a limiting self-belief, those things may happen, but you may be like, oh, well, now's not the right time. Or like, oh, well, they didn't mean me. Or like, that's, I'm not good enough for that. But if you are, if you've done that work and you truly embody it and you believe you can have it and all these things, then you're probably going to actually like not only see it, but be able to action on it and have some ease and some flow as you go after it versus like, it feeling crunchy or not right yeah i like that idea of like living into the flow too yeah lots of times we we go against the grain and there's this like protestant work ethic of like well it should be hard and toil and suffer and that's how you know you're like doing it right and like yes there's always elements of like yeah difficulty and struggle that we overcome and it shapes us but like we should also be pursuing like not just relaxation and ease but like a life of flow and ease where we're like going in with our strengths and what we're doing and like we like what we're doing and we're good at it and it's Mm -hmm. kind of just like it accelerates the flow well it's like if you fight the current it's so hard to swim but if you just go with the current you go so fast like i remember like snorkeling and watching a turtle swim (laughs) and like seeing how like they would almost be like passive and not moving when they were against the current Mm -hmm. they weren't like fighting it and then as soon as they like would go with the current this like turtle that seemed like lethargic and slow would be moving at like lightning speed yeah and i'm like learn from the turtle go go with the current there you go that's you don't know you don't need me here today you just need the the turtle (laughs) (laughs) need the turtle Okay, there's another direction that I want to take this conversation. Okay, let's go. Before we, uh, you know, get to the end and can go out there to the world to manifest all of our goals. I know, you've got me so excited. I think I'm going to, like, write my new, my new Santa list tonight. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can share it when this, when this comes out. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we've been alignment on is um, 
our approach to veganism. Mm-hmm. And I think that hasn't always been how a lot of vegans have approached. Um, there's like, not to typecast or generalize, but there are like angry vegans and it is really alienating and uh, it can be off-putting if you're trying to join a community and you're being yelled at or you're being told told you're not doing it the right way. Um, With Kokomo, uh, with your own, with your own kind of approach to things, it's always been very like inclusive and welcoming Mm -hmm. uh, and non-judgmental. Can you kind of share your approach to veganism and how it's kind of open for everybody? Yeah, actually, maybe this is full circle to, you know, me just feeling different than others in my classroom. But I just realized that if veganism feels really right for me and eating meat doesn't feel right for me, then I'm sure the other goes for someone else. Like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. someone feels doesn't feel great eating vegan and feels really good eating meat or, or whatever that looks like. And so I think just realizing that, like, we're not all built the same and things are going to feel different for all of us and just I don't know just I I just like I think that I mean this goes for everything in the world like you know you hang out with people who believe in a different god than you and things like that and or maybe they exercise different than you or maybe they like the feel of different pajamas than you and like we're not like I don't know we don't hate them for that right like we totally appreciate that and for some reason with the way we eat it's become like and veganism especially like you said is like so polarizing and I just think you know that's kind of beyond the point or against the point because I think that these people are acting angry and in this polarizing way because they believe so strongly in veganism which is awesome I'm so happy for you that you found this life that feels so true for you Um, But it may not feel true for someone else. And it's definitely not going to invite them in because it's just like putting a really like strong door up so that they never want to come in. But what if we take the approach, approach, you know, from a more abundant possible perspective of like, hey, like, why don't you just add more plants into your life? Mm -hmm. And how does that feel for you? And, you know, let them be on that journey. I don't think many people that we know were born vegan. Um, at a young age, you know, I realized, oh my God, like how am I eating an animal? And my whole family was ate, my whole family ate meat and still does. But at the time I was really young, I was like, I can't eat an animal. And my parents allowed me to make that choice. Thank God. You went vegetarian very young. Yeah, really young. I was eating a hot dog. I thought I was happy eating. I thought it was a dog's penis (laughs) (laughs) and I was totally fine with it for some reason. (laughs) That's so funny. And then my dad told me it was like, not a dog's penis and it was actually a pig and I threw my dad like has this whole quote where I was like yucky pig and I threw it against the wall and that was kind of the turning point for me yeah but yeah I don't have pet dogs so maybe it just (laughs) like didn't relate to me um but anyways so we we could dig into that but I want to keep going (laughs) totally we'll keep going (laughs) that'll be the next podcast yeah so um yeah and then I was able to make that choice which is so awesome Um, but I certainly wasn't born vegan and I was on this journey and everyone has their own unique journey to becoming vegan and so many different reasons for it. And so if someone's like a hundred percent, like crazy, you know, fully in it, but they're screaming at someone who's only where you were 10 years ago, like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like we're all in a different part of this journey and I would 
just love to know that we're being inclusive and celebrating people and making incremental decisions each day and being aware of those decisions, I think is the first part of that. Yeah. It's amazing how a movement that is like one of the pillars is compassion can have such a lack of compassion for people who like aren't as vegan yeah, I don't get are. it. I honestly you know, it's don't like, get it. Wait, what? But yeah, and, and it is. I mean, it comes back to like that, just that advocacy and the yes. passion, and like they're so committed right. and feel good and believe in what they're doing. And and I get, I get it. But yeah, it's like you're I mean, right. we've talked about it on the podcast before too. There's parallels to like uh, religion, right? Yeah. Where people are like you have to believe what I believe. I believe in love your neighbor, and if you don't believe that, I'll I'll like kill you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like, it's wait, like well, what? I'm oh. your neighbor. Yeah, hang on, what? <laughs> Did you hear yourself? Yeah. Right. And that's the whole thing. It's like inviting people into what's possible. Like, I think you yeah. can include more plants and yeah. feel good. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe like yeah. more plant Mondays or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. And they try it or they, they go out with a friend and eat whatever, like one of the bowls that you have. And they're like, oh, that was actually so good and so filling. And there wasn't any meat in there. Yeah. Like who knew? And that's actually what my business, like we don't scream or that we're vegan or anything. We just like make food from whole things and so many people who I probably only like 5% of the people eat at Kokomar classify themselves as vegan and we just make food for people no matter where they're at in their journey and maybe they don't feel like eating meat today awesome they're gonna choose Kokomo for that that's so awesome I'm so happy to be a part of that decision and be a part of how they're gonna feel today yeah and yeah I, I think you guys do such a great job at that at inviting people in and and showing people what's possible uh, with a vegan lifestyle, and I think that's that's like the gateway um, yes. for possibility and for hope. Like I'm, yeah. Like you know, preaching to the choir here, but I I like think that living a vegan life is like the most can be the most compassionate lifestyle for ourselves, the earth, mm-hmm. and the animals. But to make it um, approachable for everyone, it has to be going back to what you guys just said. It has to be done with compassion. Uh, it has we can't be judging others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, you guys showcase beautiful food in a beautiful way. That's really, uh, it's invitational. Thank you. And I think that can be like having a salad. You don't know, like that salad could change someone's life. It might like be the first step to becoming a healthy version, a happy version of themselves. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And even in my home cooking, you know, like my husband will have, his friends over and they know they're going to eat vegan at my house. Um, that's just what happens. But they're like, if I, if you cooked for me every single day of the week, I would totally eat this way. I just like don't necessarily know how to, but that makes me so happy. And maybe that is all the only vegan food that they're going to eat, you know, this month or whatever, but that they can even take that, have that perspective and have that takeaway. Mm-hmm. Actually, I posted our Kokomo burger the other day on my Instagram and one of Chris's friends Message me because I said this is the best vegan burger I think in Vancouver. I and got it that day. Did you, you? post it? And I was like, I'm gonna go get oh my a Kokomo God, it's burger. So good, right? Brought it home for Finn. And he wrote this like firefighter, like athlete. He texted me back. He's like, No, it's the best ver- burger, period, ever. Like better than any. It doesn't matter if it's vegan or not. Like that's my favorite burger. I go to kids every time to get it. And yeah, that makes me so happy. I'm not going to scream at him because he's going to eat meat all the other meals this week. Like, wow, like that's so cool. Yeah, go and, start somewhere. Yeah, I'm so happy about that. That honestly lights me up. And I'm like just so proud to be a part of that. Yeah. 
Well, it's like goal setting or manifestation can be a new language, but veganism can be a new language too. And like, yeah. you don't just like become fluent in French in a day. Like you have to like mm. take steps where you can like learn the language. And I think like having a Caesar salad at Kokomo that's got like, you know, all these amazing flavors, like t- starts to teach you that language by like trying it and experiencing it. Like those are like, it could be like using an analogy. It could be like watching a French movie with subtitles or listening to French hip hop or whatever. Like it kind of like starts you down that path to Mm -hmm. show you like, Oh, like there can be movies in other languages or there can be like music in other languages. I think like trying food, like knowing that tempeh can taste like better than, or as good as, or just so amazing in so many different ways. Like, starts to like build a foundation for a language and once you start to like learn that alphabet then yeah, it becomes easy that. i think like our takeaway for the day is incremental yeah <laughs> incremental. that's our word that's our value for this podcast yeah, it is right small small changes over time like amount to big change yeah it's so yeah. true and yeah like if you had told me 10 years ago going back to zach's mind-blowing question that i would be vegan in 10 years like I just thought that was crazy like what how can I live without pizza or without all the things right and so much externally has changed and so much internally for me and now it's just like a no-brainer and I don't even think about how I'm not eating certain things which is a part of my lifestyle but it started really really small and here we are now I own a vegan restaurant which is nuts (laughs) yeah right yeah and you're helping people like discover yeah veganism amazing food unpack their visions and goals for their own lives right and set their course and like it's so cool to see like what will all those people look back and say oh man 10 years ago 10 years ago i never thought i would be right like that's a pretty exciting sentence wait this is so exciting like i feel like we need to set this date in our calendars for 10 years from now we all need to call each other and be like wait remember Remember. when we were 10 years ago like did we think that these things would be happening in our lives should we all set one lofty 10 year goal right here love it yes oof okay I'm gonna put one of you in the hot seat because I don't have the courage (laughs) Dean's really brave 10 year something 10 years lofty goal blue sky whiteboard whatever you want to call it let's go let's go yeah uh mine's like so random for me because i'm really not like a money person but yes. i actually believe like so much is possible but this one i have a really hard time with okay so let's I'm gonna it. say it because i've got some work to do right yeah it. but i'm gonna make a million dollars a year yes in 10 oh, years yes okay. i like it you're going to yeah it's been written it's been said <laughs> yeah i have a few i am i am days ahead of me but yeah <laughs> yeah it's katie Rudell. You are a millionaire. Okay, stop trying to um, postpone you saying something, Zach. Okay, this is... uh, Like, it might feel like uh, a silly one to some, but it's something that I think about a lot. Nepal was, like, such a big part of, like, creating who I am today. And I, like, kind of... It kind of weaved the framework of who I am and who I want to be, like, just my experience there. And I've got two young boys and I just think at like, uh, I think so much about going to Nepal with them. So when it's maybe not a 10 year goal, but maybe like a seven year goal, I really want to take my boys to Nepal and go hiking with them. That would be like my, my life would be a happy life if not, if when that, when when that happens, it'll happen. Yeah. I love that. 
I have such like vivid memories of Zach and I were pen pals when he was on that trip. And I have like such vivid memories of you there, even though I wasn't there. And I don't think I've seen any photos. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. found some of those messages. Or wait, maybe I've seen Zach or Ryan's photos of taking your photos or vice versa. That's so funny. I actually remember emailing you from Sri Lanka. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And you, yeah, you were talking about the juice you were eating or drinking. Crazy. Manifesting those goals. Um. Dean's probably not. getting sweaty waiting for yeah, his so, <laughs> so like let's yeah. just let him release this one yeah. so we can move on no, there's a, there's a few. the yeah. one I, like I don't know if it's if it's a exact 10 year either but I'll put it out there something that I always say and it's like I say it like cheekily like listen all I want mm. but I can describe it all I want is like to be somewhere that's like warm most of the time <laughs> or the other thing I'll say is like I want to live where there's palm trees mm-hmm even if it's just for a while. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's funny earlier in the conversation, I was like, yeah, my roots is like, you know, Australia by way of California. And those are like two pawn. I'm just like, I could live in California, no problem. But uh, so maybe something like that, but also just like a place uh, that is like, I can describe it. It's like, I want a concrete slab in my backyard with a pool with like a cold plunge area. So I can like swim, work out in the backyard, have friends over sauna, like it's, I'm like, it's not a lot to ask, but it is. It's like super privileged. But I'm like, I, I just want that. I want to be able to host people to have like parties, mm-hmm. backyard, like just celebrations. And it's got to be like in the summer or somewhere sunny. So I'm going to have that too. So <laughs> I totally, I, it's in my vision. I can just, like feel it as well for yeah, you. I have many photos of it. So I'll send you there one you go. for the send visualness one. Send one. But like a couple of times we've been in like a, a hotel or place and it's like kind of got that like yes. big, I'm like, look, you can all, like we could all work out there, jump in the pool. Yes. There's like the sauna over there. I'm like, I just want this like in yeah. my backyard. So that's what it's so good to stay in those hotels because it's just showing yourself what's possible yes but i love that 10 years thanks for sharing your goals of course thank you i can see them all i think for anyone listening to share just like even a one-year goal with a friend right now is gonna like help you exponentially to creating it as your reality so if you're listening your homework is to share one goal whether it's a one-year goal or a 10-year goal with someone you know whether it's someone you sit next to on the bus or someone you Instagram send it to them I love it I love it I mean I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling excited right now thinking about all the goals I want to set and things I want to manifest I think like we've gone over some really great things and this is like a nice place to Mm -hmm. to land for now because there's always always next time Mm -hmm. Uh, Dino do you have any other questions before we kind of do a little random rapid fire Let's let's wrap it up. I feel oh, like God. I got through. I got through. Mine. You didn't prepare me for that one. I know. We always like just end up with some. Sometimes they're serious. Sometimes they're silly. Yeah. Sometimes they're the same ones over and over again. But... <laughs> it's true. Like people who listen to the podcast were like, "Oh my God, we here. Here are your rapid fire questions. You guys, they can just ask them." This is to go full circle. This is going back to me putting lists on Twitter. Yeah, it's true because yeah. I like this these is like. True. Surrounding myself with people that inspire me and then asking them questions of things that inspire them so I can like make lists of what inspires them and then inspire myself. It's really self-serving. There's so much full circleness in this whole conversation. (laughs) And then 10 years from now, it's going to be even more so. Yeah, totally. But 10 years from now, Zach will probably still just be making lists on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) While he's in Nepal, of favorite places in Nepal. That's right. Can't wait. Favorite places in Nepal. Oof. 
Okay. okay. Um, this is maybe Let's go. this is a random one from our conversation, but you've always been like, uh, you know, ahead of the game or just like aware of the game in terms of the internet, social media. Mm-hmm. Like you're an early adapter to Twitter and Instagram and MySpace and ICQ and all these things. Uh, where is the internet going? What's the evolution? What's next? Oh my God. <laughs> In 30 seconds or less. In 30 seconds no. or less, yeah. You, Maybe we can edit out a bunch of white space while yeah. I think about that. Uh, where is the internet going? I think it's going to get a lot more real. I think people are kind of bored with all the ads and all the influencers and all the like paid-to-do things. I think things are just going to feel a lot more organic. You already see that like micro-influencers are definitely having way more influence than the larger people in that space. Yeah, I think we're just going to like kind of bring it down a bit or maybe that's just a hope of mine Hmm. yeah it can be a hope i think you're gonna manifest it yeah i think it's a good hope i actually think instagram will not be something you check first thing in the morning anymore i think it's gonna go more to back burner the same way facebook did Uh, but i don't know what's gonna be next i know people are loving tiktok and i think it's because it has things that instagram doesn't and it just feels more like fun content versus like you know this is what i ate in a day and here's Mm -hmm. my green juice and all the things so yeah i just i think it's going to shift and i think what we know today is kind of kind of go behind us and some people will still be super into it be hanging on to it but i think there's going to be this other part of the internet that we can explore and be in if we prefer it so how do you think like businesses like kokomo will communicate to the world do you think it'll still be through like instagram or something like instagram or is it going to be completely different I think it's going to be different in that I think it's going to be more almost like really one-on-one. I think like email is going to come back. I don't know. I just think people who really want to know are going to opt in and they're going to know. And so I think that's going to happen. Some sort of subscription-based thing that people, but it's for a brand, maybe they don't pay. They just, you know, you know, it's a quality um, interaction. I don't think people are listening to brands as much on Instagram mm-hmm. and things like that anymore. It's just, even I, like, I don't know about Juice Truck, but I feel like even through Kokomo, like, we have a certain subset of super engaged guests. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's, like, the same level anymore. Yeah, it's definitely changing. Like, Dino and I were even, like, semi-seriously talking about, like, what would it look like if we went offline for a month and yeah. went back to, like, when we launched, because it was pre-Instagram, like, we put yeah. posters up. And, like, that was so cool. People would come and be like, we saw your poster. Like, what if we went back to, like, guerrilla marketing yeah. or, like, a mar- marketing or communication in a different sense that didn't necessarily I like that. involve scrolling through your phone? Yeah. Just, like, a thought like a thought activity to explore. I know. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, that's what I think. Okay, cool. Well, check gonna, back in. I'm going to follow that. We'll add that uh, to the 10 year check, check in. in. You'll have yes. to, whatever it is, you'll have to teach me. Otherwise, I'll just be making lists. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Can I still make a list? Can I still yeah. make yes, you can write it in your journal. <laughs> Listogram coming yeah. soon. Yeah, I think yeah. there is something like that. Oh, damn. <laughs> All right, Dina, what you got? All right, well, we've obviously 
this is one of our regular kind oh. of rapid random fire, but we've touched on travel and going different places in the world. Yes. Obviously there's been some restriction on travel or it hasn't been as mm-hmm. easy or whatever, but uh, what's, what's one place you would love to go if you had the opportunity to get like a free plane ticket anywhere for tomorrow? I want to go back to Singapore. I haven't been since like 98 or whatever. Oh, wow. And so there's, they, it's so rapid there. Okay. There's so much newness there. And I'm so into food back then. I hated all foods. So I'm excited to like see the food world there and just go back to that. So would you town. have a place where you would go like right away? I think I would lands? go to like my home. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. That excites me. Yeah. I'm excited to share, show it to Chris and he's heard so much about it. So yeah, Singapore. And then maybe nice. go to Japan because I've never properly been there. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. I love it. Oof, all these things, all these goals, you can see them all happening. <laughs> okay, mentioned that I always want to know what inspires inspiring people. Yes. Podcasts, books, documentaries. What are some things on your list, Katie Riddell? Okay, uh, I'm so bad at this question because I just kind of willy-nilly and I'm not very intentional about it. But the one podcast that Zach knows and I think you're so confused by it but I listen to David Chang like religiously Mm. he is like my best friend I know I his book was so boring to me because I already knew it all uh so David Chang it's a good podcast I like his podcast yeah and it is like a little bit meat forward sometimes just an FYI sometimes I do have to fast forward some of it um yeah I don't know I just like like listening to him so I love that I also like I don't like listen to a lot a lot of business or um, like goals. I don't really listen to these things. I just kind of like do them and figure it out. So I listen to more entertainment things. I also love Smartless, the podcast. Oh, Smartless is so good. good. I'm obsessed with Jason. Like I actually laugh out loud. (laughs) Like I'll be walking along the seawall just like screaming. Like it's so funny. Yeah, there's so many good ones. Um, So that is my favorite. And yeah, I'm like the biggest Will Arnett fan in the entire Will world. Like I'm a freak fans. for him. Like I have sent him Rest so many DMs. Full circle. Oh my yeah, gosh, full circle. circle. And I love when they reference it. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, he's an, oh, I just love him. So those are kind of like my two <laughs> things that I know I've heard every single podcast of. I love it. In this podcast. We're, oh yeah, thank yeah. you. Thanks. Yeah, it's we're like rewatching. A good. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. we're rewatching or not rewatching, but watching the the latest thing of Ozarks. It's like, oh yeah, Jason Bateman is so good in it. Like, it's amazing he's, that he can play that role so good because yeah. he's so funny. And it, he's so funny, and it's almost yeah, that's true. It's almost but, like he's a different, completely different yeah. person. Like you don't see him. Yeah. Like, but oh, he's yeah. like a very like serious person in the. Podcast. Yeah. Humor he's, kills me though. Like when he says oh. things like "sweetheart" or like oh just my God. like they are so funny. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because then I listen to David Chang and like they think they're funny, but they're nowhere yeah. near as funny as these do you have, people. Do you have a favorite Smartless? If you were to, um, yeah. Why can't I think of her name? Um, from Saturday Night Live. Uh, why can't I think of her name? I've been trying to think of it this whole time. Um, is it Ave uh, Maya? Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Okay. Have you listened, listened to that, that one? one? Oh my god! It's it so it's like it's like very not like it's I don't know whatever is not PG. Yeah. Okay. Um, rated R, but it is so funny. Okay. Yeah. George Clooney one was my favorite. Do you listen to that yeah, one? Yeah, that one was really good. I didn't know George was such a little troublemaker. Okay, but you guys like you will actually like cry laughing okay. about the about okay. the Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Okay. 
It's so It's good. just jumped to number one in the like, queue. Like, they're yeah. just riffing <laughs> nonstop. It's like, you just see how funny they all are. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. They are so talented. And it is so funny. And they all are so close. So it's just like, non. I love when they have people who are close to them. Yeah. Do you know what the most awkward one was? Which one? Jerry Seinfeld. Oh. I, oh, my God. Have you guys listened to that one? I haven't, no. I like cringed. I I had I think I turned it off three quarters of the way in. It was so awkward. They were like fangirling the whole time to him. Uh-huh. And he was he's so like structured comedy and he wasn't he wasn't like riffing and then he was quite serious and it, and they were like Jerry, Jerry, like, we love you. We want to hang out. And Jerry was like, yeah, like, I don't really, like, sure, whatever. Uh, it was okay. so awkward. So... It's not funny at all. <laughs> and Jerry. It's just, they aren't funny because they're so in awe of him. So they're, like, starstruck. And then he's not funny because he's, like, very rigid comedian. Yeah. 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 The Zach uh, Galifianakis one was so funny. Yeah, too. and they're such good friends with him, so yeah. it's good. When they're good friends with it's the person, works. it's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So add that one to your okay. list. Okay. Any any books or anything like that? Um, or audio books or I don't know if you're an audiobook gal or not. Oh, I love reading, but I've suddenly drawn a blank. But I like I'm reading a hundred books a day. Like I'm so obsessed oh, with reading yeah. and also listening to. I love listening to biographies on Audible. Mm. But my favorite book, if I was to give anyone a book, and I actually just gave it to my manager, um, uh, the Phil Knight. Um, Shoe Dog. Yeah. Is that the book you gift most? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It, cool. I love. It's like a business book, but it actually to me is just a story of entre- a real story of entrepreneurialism. Like I know, of course, it's Nike, but. It's so humble. It starts so humble. And I think, you know, entrepreneurialism looks so glamorous on the internet. And I probably even make it look glamorous. But if you know me, it's Mm. not. And he tells such a true story of like what it's like to not get paid for many years and to really think you're not going to make it each day and being grateful for each day of business. And there's so many times when he just kind of struck it lucky or just, you know, worked hard enough or whatever that is. Um, but he, he Nike, Nike easily could have not been here today. Yeah. And there's so many instances of that. And I think he tells such a good story of like the reality of it all. Cool. Yeah. I love that book. And it's also on Audible. So I listen to it too. Mm, I love a good Audible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biographies are awesome because you, you, it's storytelling, but it's like you can get so much out of it because it's like life life lessons, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. so sweet. You got any more random ones, Dean, or should we uh, close yeah, it out? Yeah, it wasn't that rapid fire. Sorry. That's true. That's you got right. me talking. I can't stop it's now. They're good. not that rapid. They're okay. just maybe more random. Just random. Yeah, okay. we, we did at first, we were like, this is rapid fire. But then we're like, oh, these are all like questions that have like longer <laughs> yeah. answers. Like not yeah. just, they're not just like one word. Just like, so just like change, more like of the podcast. Random, random rapid. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like might not be connected to the rest of the podcast, right. but they're yeah. things we're curious about. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, but you could maybe brand as like a little more questions. Oh, there we go. That's the brand. That's the brand marketing. <laughs> yeah, we didn't right talk there. about my branding, but Maybe there you go. It's time. in the it's in the flesh. Yeah, we our didn't new, even get to the branding. Our I new know. segment. Well, we just did. We just covered it. Yeah, you're you just a brilliant. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so good at branding, right, especially on. podcast things. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so was Katie, our whole life, man. A little well, more I've questions. Been, we've got a little more questions. Okay. Okay, good. Well, it's good. Okay, my work so here is done. You, yeah. <laughs> well, before you go, before you go, we got to land it with our our last question, Ooh. which we ask pretty much all of our guests. So we Uh-oh. we created the podcast together. It was born on a run. The idea manifested it. It came to be with some work and some fortune and all of this. And then 
trying to figure out what are we going to call this thing? How do we name it? And Zach, again, like on one of our runs was like, I think we should call it this a little more good. And I was like, that is the name. Like, that's so brilliant. It works. Like, we love it. It's what we want to do. We love, like it, it speaks to what the podcast is about and what we want to see in the world and create just as people in the world, a little more good. So we always like to ask our guests, what does that mean to you? Mm. A little more good. You guys, let's just say it. It's about incremental change. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Done. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> oh, that was so good. That was so much fun, Katie. Yeah. Oh, Thank- that was so good. Thank you. Like, that was so fun to be in a room with you, too. Totally. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, you're right. Dean is like the better, the <laughs> little more good version of you. I, say, I always <laughs> yeah. say Dean's my better half. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> no so jokes. fun. We're going to have to add Dean to our hangs now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's in. Happy to be there. Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is like such a dream. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Katie. Awesome. Ooh, all right. So I don't know about you. I mean, we talked about some goals off the hop, but maybe maybe it's the time to like revisit. Go back to the go back to the vision board, or you know, where however whatever the method you use to like create some goals to start to like name some things, speak them out bring it into your subconscious awareness. So those little incremental decisions you make, even without necessarily being super conscious of them, can start to orient you towards those goals. So small changes for big things. Yeah. You know what, some goals, I just thinking thinking about this conversation we just had with Katie. You know, I often set um, personal goals and I often set business goals, but one area that I, I could find more alignment and, and sharing and setting goals together is family goals. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes we become, uh, we, I become passive to the, you know, the, the path of, of family life, just, you mm-hmm. know, breakfast, lunch, dinner activities, all of those things, you kind of get lost in what's happening now. And I can lose, uh, not necessarily lose, but just bringing more intention to, where we want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years as a family. Yeah. Um, you know, they're little right now, but they grow up fast. Mm. So what, what, what do we want? How do we want to design our life? What do we want that life to look like in 10 years with our kids? So yeah, yeah. having that goal setting um, and bringing it into a family conversation, you know? Yeah. We've talked about it before. I think that's so good. We've talked about it before in the pod. It's a book, uh, Hold On to Your Kids. Mm, I mean, yes. I think that's part of part of that strategy is like goal setting that isn't just like, you know, uh, getting through the next like phases and seasons of life, but saying like, where do we want to be? Like, do we want to be the house where, you know, the kids bring their friends from high school and, it, and you, you end up feeding all of these teenagers all the time, right? And then they're the ones that like your house is the place where they can come and you know you're like the parents of all of these kids in some ways right and like what do you what do we need to do now to kind of create that reality i often think about that like with with our kids like i want our place to be the place where they all come to hang not just because you like some protectionist like then i know what's going on but like because you like i want that activity and i want that interaction and i want their friends to be able to have another adult that might be like a safe adult to be like hey whatever like mr morris or whatever right can you like can you talk to me about this or you know the importance of adults in in young people's lives is important like it's 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 so good so key 
I love that. Well, if you enjoyed this conversation, I know on, on Katie's uh, website, on her personal website, katierudell.com, I believe it is, she's often hosting and leading goal-setting workshops, um, the science of manifestation, where they get into the nitty-gritty of of how to manifest and, and practical steps for setting goals. So be sure to check that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, share with some friends, share with some fam. And uh, we're always grateful for, for any reviews, likes, any of that good stuff. Helps us uh, share and amplify the little good, little more good message that we're trying to put out there. Yeah. Right on. All right. Until next week. Stay good, y'all. Stay good. <laughs> Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.